Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is very excited to come to Chicago and eat a ton of good food, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing well. We have our Chicago trip planned, so everyone, get ready, because uh, uh, in a couple weeks here, we are doing a live pod for the first... When was the last time we did a live podcast, all three of us together? And a oh, special man. guest will Since- be there. Well, uh, college, yeah, senior year. Yeah. So, so what? I mean, what has it been? Almost two years now. It's Over been more, two years. More than two years. Yeah, two year, two two years and like three or four months, uh, which is just nuts. That the, that's the last time we've all been together in the same room. So a couple weeks from now, it's gonna be very very exciting. Everyone should be excited. It's that we're gonna we gotta make that one long. Like that's gotta be a long episode. Um, but let's let's introduce the uh, third member of our podcast. Um, all three of us are back today. Ben, how are you today? You know, I'm doing great, Brendan. I'm I'm happy you're back. I will say, I'm sure and this is not. I, I I'm not assuming this. I, I know this that the listeners are going to be a little upset that you're back because, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that, that Trevor and I are, are kind of a dynamic duo without you here. So, um, uh-huh. I, I'm just apologizing in advance for for the for the lack of of quality content. Now that right. now that now that one of us is back, I won't say who. I guess, but one of us is back. Um, that might bring it down a little uh-huh. bit, but it is what it is. We we will power through. We will we will try our best to uh to give the best podcast possible. Yeah, well, I, I'm very happy to be back to uh, to just uh, destroy your takes, Ben, and to beat you in trivia, which we will have coming up later. Um, I'm very, very excited. But let's start off this podcast today. Um, and uh, sadly, I'm still talking about Baker Mayfield. Maybe not sadly. At this point, maybe I like talking about He's him. your favorite player in the NFL. He's your most yeah, talked about. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say that. You talk about you, him but, most, for sure. But we are talking about him a lot. But it's because we actually do have some allotted amount of news um, it has been rumored, and multiple blue checkmark Twitter members have tweeted that the Seahawks and Baker Mayfield are close, and the Browns, I guess, are close to getting a trade going, um, which will be very interesting. We actually had a really interesting thing happen about 24 hours ago. There was a leaked, uh, someone is getting fired uh, at the Seahawks team shop at the NFL shop.com, whatever it is. There was a Seahawks number six Mayfield jersey for Baker Mayfield, uh, which is really interesting to see. Uh, up on there. I went to the website myself, and it was there for at least a little bit. Uh, it is not fake. Uh, and like I said, multiple blue check mark members on Twitter have tweeted about this happening. Um, and it, it's really interesting. I, up until yesterday, maybe two days ago, would have said that there's no way the Browns would be able to trade Baker because no one wants to take on his $19 million fully guaranteed salary. Uh, they want to stick the Browns with it. That'd be better for probably everyone in the NFL. Uh, collectively, the Browns have a lot of cap room this year, and they can make some moves for sure. We still have free agents available, uh, so I don't think anyone really wants that particularly. Plus, Baker's not that great of a quarterback. I don't think he's worth 19 million fully guaranteed in a year. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. We might be getting a trade coming up here soon. And I want to point out before I throw it to you guys, I want to give my official prediction if this trade does happen, what it's for, because I like like just putting it out there in case I'm right, because then like you know it's it's marked down right, Trevor. Like that's not that crazy, right? That's normal. No, that's good because then if you put it out there, you can come back and you can remind people every single week for the rest of ex- existence that you're right. And if you're wrong, no one cares. Like, no one will mention it. You don't have to mention it. It's just forgotten. I'll mention it. Exactly. Well, Ben, <laughs> no one cares about you. It's it's a win-win situation, it seems like. So here's what I think. I just told you guys before. I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to trade a fourth-round pick, and the Browns are going to trade a sixth-round pick. Maybe a seventh, sixth or seventh round pick and Baker over to the Seahawks. And I think they'll take five to half, five million to half of the contract. So five to 
nine million dollars, ten million dollars of the contract they'll take on. That's my official prediction. If this trade does happen, we'll see. But Trevor, I'm gonna throw it over to you first. What do you think about all this? You know, this kind of little news breaking or rumor, I guess I should say. Yeah. So where my mind goes first is like, okay, so the Seattle Seahawks, their team shop, they leak this on their website. How does that? I'm just wondering, like, how does that process happen? Like, obviously, you have some sort of people that monitor the website they're the people it's their jobs they monitor the website they look over it do they have some sort of info insider info from whoever the director is of the website that somehow communicates with like someone in the front office like i'm just like my mind when you when you brought this up to me my mind's like how did this happen how did this leak happen i don't know it's it's really interesting as far as the trade itself um, if something like this is happening, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, they, they need a quarterback. And I think Baker Mayfield, I mean, he's not a great quarterback by any means, but you know, Hey, it's, it's a starting quarterback Caleb, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so it, it kind of makes sense from the sense of like the Seattle Seahawks don't have a starting quarterback. Uh, they have been, and if they get Baker Mayfield, that's someone who at least has experience has played in a couple playoff games, had a pretty good season. Um, when they went to the playoffs, um, you know, so at the very least, that would be, you could argue, a decent move for Seattle. So the trade you laid out seems to make sense. Like, if that is the trade, that makes sense. I think when we were talking before the podcast, we mentioned, because I was curious, like, I was trying to compare, like, Matt Ryan, who, you know, different circumstances, but I think I think Matt Ryan's better than Baker Mayfield, but it's, like, kind of close, right? Like, it's similar caliber, um now Matt Ryan's like 37-38, but I think he was traded for a third-round pick, I want to say. So, I don't know. We'll see. I think it's really interesting, and um, obviously, for Baker Mayfield, from his perspective, I'm sure he just really wants to get out of there um, at this point with everything that's happened. And him, if he can get to Seattle, I'm sure that he'd be very happy with that. Yeah, it does seem like an ideal situation for him there. Um I, I, you know, obviously they traded Russell Wilson, right? You got DK Metcalf there, you know, he's got another big receiver that he could throw to. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, ben, any final thoughts on Baker Mayfield before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I mean, credit to the Seahawks, uh, because according to many people at this time last year, Baker Mayfield is by far the best quarterback in the AFC North. So if the Seahawks can get the best quarterback in a division for half off, like Brandon predicted, um, and only giving up a fourth-round pick, that's a steal. So, I mean, again, it, it just happened to be that it was really only Browns fans that said that. But still, it must be true. You know, the number one quarterback in the division, the Seahawks, are about to get um, obviously a step up from from the options that they had before. Um, so, I mean, credit to the Seahawks. And, yes, I know Baker Mayfield's not that great, but I still think that, I mean, I think he can do a fine job, especially, I mean, like Trevor said, there's weapons in Seattle. He has opportunities to be successful. And, honestly, I hope he does do well. I'd love to see Baker Mayfield do well. Um, in a different uniform that's not the Browns because I think it'd be hilarious to have the Browns have to sit there and watch it after uh, the, the way that they have disrespected him this offseason. So um, very interesting situation. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm excited to see how this plays out. Um, but I, I genuinely do, as much as I, I like to bash on him, I, I do hope he finds a better situation because, again, he's in a terrible situation right now with the Browns, and it, it, it would be nice to kind of see him get a chance somewhere else that's not in Cleveland. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm sure his collapse in Seattle will be wonderful to watch as well. Let's keep on moving on, though, go a little bit into the NBA. We've had a lot of drama with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Uh, Seems like Kyrie might want to leave. If 
he doesn't sign a contract or, you know, it seems like he does want to leave, doesn't want to leave, I don't know. Kevin Durant's monitoring the situation. Trevor, what happened? This Nets team was going to be it. They were going to win everything. Harden was there and uh, Ben Simmons just got there. You know, well, I guess Harden left in that, you know, situation. But they had DeAndre Jordan, they had all these players. What happened, Trevor? What happened? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I, it seems, We talked about this before with Kyrie Irving. It's just like, it seems like he's never happy. And, like, I'm like, how, Kyrie Irving, like, can you, how, how can we help you find happiness? Like, what is it going to take? to help you find happiness like you had the situation with the Cavs you were you know playing with LeBron playing with Kevin Love you went to three straight NBA finals you won one of them you had the shot in 2016 that you made over Steph to win the championship and then 2017 he had a really good year with the Cavs as well and then suddenly decides that he doesn't want to play there anymore he wants to kind of be the 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 main guy on the team so he goes to Boston also pretty good situation in Boston like you're the guy and then you have this you know a bunch of young talent you have Jason Tatum who at that point I think was either a rookie or his second year in the league Jalen Brown young guy and you have this young team that's also you know you have a lot of talent Boston Celtics are a good organization you have a good coach have good ownership good situation you make the playoffs um he didn't like that situation either so now he comes to Brooklyn and Gets to play with Kevin Durant, who at the time, you know, one of, I mean, I don't know. I don't know their relationship now. I, I guess there's, I think they're still pretty good friends. But, you know, like your best friend, Kevin Durant, you get to play with him. Uh, you get to have this team, like Steve Nash is the coach, which, you know, he's a, like a first-year head coach. It seems like everything uh, was, was set up well for Kyrie. Like, how could you not be happy in this situation with Brooklyn? So I don't, I don't really understand that aspect of it. Um, obviously, you know, we, you know, that kind of ties into like all the vaccination stuff and, you know, him not playing and stuff like that. Um, but it's that part of it's really weird now with, with the details on Kyrie's contract, right? So like he has a player option that he has to decide whether to accept or decline by June 29th, which is three days from now, uh, player, player option, which is I think right around like 36 million, uh, 36, 37 million. So, you know. Normally, it would. I think for most players, it would be a no-brainer in this type of situation. They would normally take that, especially with a player like Kyrie Irving, where his trade value, I think, has gone down. His total value as an asset has gone down. You have a thirty-seven million dollar player option. Like no-brainer, you're going to take it. But this is Kyrie Irving we are talking about. So I think there's a little bit of cause to pause and like, well, actually. Maybe he would be willing to go to another team for less money. Maybe that's possible, right? So we've also now heard that Kyrie has he has made a list of teams that he is interested in going to if he were to be either traded or if he would leave. Uh, that list of teams is the Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Nets, Mavericks, and 76ers. Um, I think the Heat were on a separate list that he was interested in as well. I think this might be a—maybe the Heat are included in that as well. But anyway— those are the teams um, that he has interest in, um, but it's it's really strange. And you know, then you have the Kevin Durant piece of it, where Durant just—I think Durant just kind of seems like uh, he just doesn't want to get involved. He's just like staying out of it. Like Durant's whole mentality is always like, I just want to go out there and hoop. Like I don't want to be involved in drama. I don't want to be involved in any of this stuff. So I think he's just kind of like staying out of it. And it's going to be really interesting now to see what happens here. Uh, I mean, for me, if I were to guess, and again, how how can you guess in a situation like this? Like, 
ultimately, I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea where he's going to go. But I kind of think he's going to still be with Brooklyn, at least at the start of the season. Just because you have a player option like this, I don't see him declining that. Even if it is, you know, a, a different circumstance, I don't see how you could decline a $37 million player option. Uh, it just, I don't know. I, I don't see it happening. So I think they'll probably still, him and Durant will both probably still be with Brooklyn to start the season. But again, anything is possible. Um, anything can happen. And, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. I, I'm just glad I'm not a Brooklyn Nets fan. I'm glad that I have a solid organization to work, uh, to root for. Um, yeah, and it's, it, no, it, it's one of the best, Ben. One of the best over there in Miami. Um, I think you should jump on the bandwagon there over in Miami. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. But ben, do you have any thoughts on this whole Kyrie situation? Yeah, I mean, what a what a ride that, like you like you just wrapped up with Trevor. What a ride that these Nets fans have been through these last couple of years. I mean, obviously you got this whole you know you take it back to twenty nineteen, right? Like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving sign his free agents with the Nets, and it's like, yes, let's go. This is it. Um, because you know even before that, think about the Nets history. Like the Nets have had big trades, right? They've had big deals. They had the whole Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce thing that didn't work out. They've had opportunities where it's like on paper this team is winning championships, and I said that you know in the in the pro plural form like multiple championships and it just never worked out and just re- i mean the nets the last couple years obviously you've had injuries with kevin Dar- kevin uh not Garnett, kevin durant and kyrie irving kyrie irving the whole vaccination thing you had the whole james harden thing you had the ben, ben simmons thing like what a what a roller coaster ride that the nets fans have been through and kyrie irving just kind of seems like a guy it's like he he constantly is looking around like it's not me, it's them, and I'm going to go somewhere that, that I can be successful. But at, at a point in time, Kyrie Irving's got to look in the mirror and be like, maybe it's me. Maybe he's the problem. Maybe he's the reason why these organizations organizations are not being successful. I mean, obviously, he was successful in Cleveland, but a large portion of that was because of LeBron James. He doesn't want to admit that a large portion of it was, was because of LeBron James, so he goes somewhere else. Celtics didn't work out. All right, now he goes to the Nets, and these last couple years have been a disaster in terms of what the expectations were excuse me, going into those years. Um, so Kyrie Irving, it's one of those, it's like, dude, I think it's you. Like, you can continue to blame the organization and, and you not being put in a, in a uh, position to succeed, but on paper, he's had every opportunity to succeed. He's had, he's had great players surrounded him. He's had, you know, GMs and organizations that have supported him, supported him and have had his back and have put him in positions to where he can do what he does best, which is play basketball um, and at a very high level at times. Um, but I don't know. It's just, again, it's like that word diva is thrown out a lot with him. And I hate using that word. Cause it's like, I don't want to sit here and act like I know the guy and act like what he's is saying behind closed doors. But at least from, from what is being portrayed to us, average people, not in, in his circle. It's like, we got to figure something out, dude, because you are wasting your talent and he has a lot of it. And I feel like at times we forget how good he is because of everything that goes on off the court. And it'll be like, yeah, Kyrie Irving dropped 40 points last night. It's like, really? It's like, yeah we forget that he is capable of doing that um, on a weekly basis, but because of the complications and how difficult it is almost to have him on your team, people forget about just how valuable he is. So I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued, and I guess I'm curious to see what happens from here, but I don't know if, if Brooklyn is the solution, and I don't think if, if that he thinks it's the solution either, and obviously that, that leads into this whole Kevin Durant thing and what, what Katie's going to do, but... Um, I don't know. Poor Nets fans. I, I almost feel bad for them because on paper, this was such a, you know, two, three years ago, this was such a great thing. Um, you're looking at multiple championships possibly, and it kind of just blew up in their face. 
Um, and really, I mean, Kyrie Irving is a big is a big part to blame for all that. Yeah, and I think the only other uh, thing I wanted to point out is, you know, it, it kind of seems like, uh, it kind of still seems like Kevin Durant, even though he's not outspoken about it, even though he's not, he doesn't want to get too involved, it does kind of seem like that he is kind of backing up Kyrie, just behind the scenes, like, and I think there is a sentiment uh, where he's like, well, maybe the Nets could have done certain things to handle it better with Kyrie, and I, I don't agree, but... Um, it seems like, to some extent, he's backing him up, him up, and that's where it gets to this piece that Woj wrote that I was looking at uh, a little bit ago, saying that Kevin Durant ultimately is Kyrie Irving's best leverage, and I think that's totally true, because Kevin Durant is one of the best two or three players in the world. The Nets certainly don't want to lose him. I certainly want to lo lose him, so, you know... In order to make Kevin Durant happy, you could argue, well, they're, they're, they might really try to make an effort to do whatever they can to keep Kyrie as well. And I think that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but again, I, it's just it's just very difficult to predict what is going to happen, you know, over the next week, couple weeks, you know, maybe months. Yeah, no, it's it's for sure such a sticky situation. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens. I think Kyrie will ultimately leave, but we'll see. Um, let's go to small talk trivia next. Uh, Trevor, what is the, uh, the current scoreboard of our trivia? Well, you know, uh, I gotta say, Brandon, uh, there's a, there's a new leader. There's a new leader, and, uh, that new leader is myself. I have 14 points, uh, and you and Ben are, sh uh, closely behind with 13 and a half points. So it's, it's close. Tight race, Trevor, you've temporarily taken the crown for me, but I'm gonna take it back today. Today's order, Trevor, you're going to be up first. You're going to be asking Ben. Ben, I will be asking, or you'll be asking me. And then, Trevor, I'm going to ask you the final question of the day. So, Trevor, let's start with you. All right. So, I'm asking Ben. Okay. So, we just had the draft, obviously, on Thursday. Uh, Paolo Bancaro was taken with the number one pick uh, at a Duke. And, you know, honestly, like, we, we talked about this. I kind of think Jabari is probably the best player in this draft, though it's very close. But I think if I were to make like a rookie of the year prediction, I think I would take Paolo. I think like he'll step in and I I think that would be my pick. So here's my question, Ben. Who is the last number one pick to win rookie of the year in the NBA? Okay, Trevor, that's not a fair question. Here's why I couldn't even tell you who won rookie of the year last year in the NBA. Um, <laughs> but I will give my best effort. So right off the bat, I know. Wait, so the question is number one overall pick to win rookie of the year. Who's the most who's the most recent one to do that? The most recent number one overall okay. pick to win okay. rookie of the year. So Cade Cunningham last year, I don't think he won. Um the year before that was Anthony Edwards. I don't think he won that. Um I mean, I know like if we're going way back, I know Kyrie won rookie of the year and he was the first overall pick, but that was a long time ago. I'd imagine it's that is that is not still hold up. It's gotta be someone more recently than that. Um I mean, obviously, like, if we're going to go 2017, Fultz didn't win Rookie of the Year. He didn't win anything, um, ever. Uh, this is annoying because this is, like, a fact that I'm mad that I don't know because I, like, I like to, like, feel like I take pride in knowing who wins these type of awards. Um, but NBA Rookie of the Year is just something I've, I've never gotten into because I don't really have an NBA team. Oh, man. So I, I know it's not Cunningham. Anthony Edwards, I'm just assuming. Actually, I don't think it's Anthony Edwards because I think LaMelo Ball won that year. Um, and I guess I kind of forgot. I'm not supposed to be saying too much because Brandon could steal it, but it's whatever. <laughs> I know the answer yeah. though. So I don't you believe can you. Give me whatever I don't believe you. You, want, you don't know but... the answer. That's a bluff. I don't believe you. Um, right. if 
go back, I, I don't remember if even going back to 2019. I don't remember. Oh, Zion, oh, Zion. he didn't he didn't win because he was hurt half the year. Um, I would imagine that was John Morant. 2018. I don't remember the 2018 draft at all. So, man, I I don't want to do Kyrie because it's such a bad guess. But honestly, it's the only guess that I I know is is right. It's just a matter of if it's the most recent. And it's so it's I mean it's like 2011. It's such a bad guess. But I'm gonna do it so that way I can make myself feel better and and, and at least say well he, he was rookie of the year. So I'm not wrong. It just wasn't the most recent. I didn't answer the question. But it is what it is. So I'll go Kyrie Irving. I hate that guess. I think it's a terrible guess. But it's the best educated guess I have. Final answer. I feel like it's it's not that bad of a guess at all. It's just like it was 10 years ago, or 10, 10 11, 12 years ago. It's like, ah, I think it's got to be more recently than that. But I'm okay with answering that. I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable um, having that as my final answer, so I'll, I'll go with it. All right. So Kyrie Irving did win Rookie of the Year. He was the number one mm-hmm. pick, but yes. that happened in the 2011-2012 season. This is not the most recent, been, Benny. There have been a few that were more recent. Mm-hmm. So, Brandon, uh goes to you for half a point, potentially. Now, look, I don't do so good in the memory space, but I can remember at least two uh, that were more recent than, uh, I just can't think than of uh, Kyrie. Carl Anthony Towns is one of them. Was that 2015? But, whenever he was, I, I, know, I know he's one of them. Okay. But he's not the correct answer. The correct answer, I believe, is Ben Simmons. Because he won it on, he didn't play the full year, and everyone was like, "Oh, he didn't play the full year. He shouldn't have won." But I, uh, I believe Ben Simmons is the correct answer, Trevor. And Brennan, you would be correct. Uh, ben Simmons uh, won Rookie of the Year in the 2017-18 season, which there was a pretty hot debate between him and Donovan Mitchell uh, for the award, and there was a lot of people saying, "Well, Ben Simmons isn't a rookie because." Yeah, he, 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 he t- technically yeah, his year. first right. year, but he sat the you know yeah, the year. So that's right. Yeah, Ben Simmons is the correct answer. I'm mad at myself. That was a poor performance. I just couldn't remember number one overall picks. Like I, I had an issue between Kyrie and like 2018. I had a hard time remembering who was number one overall. So that's on mm-hmm. me. I'll take the blame for that one. Well, that- Ben, it is to you. But before it's to you, Trevor, I'm going to take half my crown back because we are now tied. <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. I'm thinking you. I should maybe audible took a baseball question since you're tied for first. Is that <laughs> no, all right. I'll go. I got an NBA draft question for you, Brandon. Okay. We're coming off the NBA draft. Um, Ray Allen. You ever heard of him? I have. Okay. Now, Ray Allen was selected fifth overall in the 1996 NBA draft, Brandon, and he okay. started his career playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, but he wasn't drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. He was drafted by a different team and then traded. What team was Ray Allen drafted by in 1996? Oh, Benny. Benny, Benny, Benny. Look, that was a solid question. It really was. Um, But he was drafted by the Seattle Supersonics, I believe. And I think I am going to take the lead with that answer. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Lock it in. That is incorrect. Oh, all-time bad answer. Yeah, it's incorrect. That's wrong. All right, what is it? Trevor, do you know? All-time bad an- uh, bad answer by you, Brandon. That he, was very he, poor he, overconfidence. He left, he left the Bucks and went to the Sonics uh, a few years oh, into his career. Oh, I thought he got drafted. Oh, man, Brandon, you got too cocky. You, you're already looking at that first place. That's <laughs> that first place. Man, the moment was too big for you. So this, I, is, this is 1996 NBA draft, correct? Yes. And you said he, he, well, he wasn't the number one pick. I, I think Allen Iverson was. He was fifth was. overall. He was fifth. Okay, so he was the fifth overall pick in 1996. 
That was a really good draft, by the way. Uh, Allen Iverson, Ray Allen. I think Kobe was in that draft, I think. Um, yeah, that was a really good draft. Um, so who was, was Ray Allen drafted by with the number five pick in 1996? So Allen Iverson was drafted in 96, number one overall, by the Sixers. Uh, Kobe, obviously, he went to Lakers but was drafted by Charlotte with the yes. 13th pick. Um, so that rolls out three teams, Lakers, Charlotte, Sixers. It's not any of those. It's not the Bulls. Uh, it's not the Utah Jazz. Um, not the New York Knicks. Um, I don't, I don't know the answer off the top of my head here. So I'm trying to kind of go through all the options and think about like, who were the bad teams and who, see, I was trying to envision like the hat, like the hat that he's wearing, yeah. but. Mm-hmm. But I I remember him in a Bucks hat. So and you said it wasn't the Bucks. Um, I just I remember him in the Bucks hat. I don't remember him in a different hat. So that's the, where this becomes difficult. Um, there's a team that's on my mind for some reason that I want to guess, but I don't know why. I don't know why this team came to my mind. To be honest, um, it. So it's it's the Raptors. I don't know if that's the correct answer, but for some reason that's coming in my mind. Um, uh, 96. It wouldn't have been Houston either. It wouldn't have been the Spurs. It wouldn't have been the Orlando Magic. It wouldn't have been... Oh, man. I, I guess I'll go with my gut. Like, I, I really, truly don't know the answer. Um, could it have been, like, Sacramento... Maybe it's one of those like bad teams, um, or at least bad then. I, I don't know. I I think uh, maybe like Dallas Mavericks. I don't know when did they draft Dirk. I think it might have been the next year. I don't know. I'm gonna say the Toronto Raptors. That's gonna be my guess, but I'm not. I'm not confident in it. But I'm gonna go Toronto Raptors. So. Trevor, there is a picture of Ray Allen shaking David Stern's hand with this team's name on it. So it is possible. It is out there. There is a picture of it. You are incorrect. Um, It was not the Raptors. It was the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the Minnesota Timberwolves drafted him fifth overall. Um, They traded. They basically swapped um, with the Bucs. The Bucs drafted Stephon Marbury. They basically traded or they switched those two picks to where Ray Allen got – or the the box the Bucks guy at Ray Allen. So I don't know. Interesting interesting question. I didn't know the answer. I would just I just kind of assumed one of you would know it. Um, uh, but yeah. no points for either of you. Brandon should probably honestly subtract. He should probably lose half a point just for the overconfidence and um, the embarrassment that that goes with him thinking it was the the Supersonics, which is an all time. <laughs> I really thought it was the Supersonics. Well, you were so confident that you made me like feel like I, my I, I my my source of funtrivia.com was wrong, but. Not, um, not an all-time bad answer, but he, yeah, he yeah he got there a little bit later. He, he scared me. I, I was thinking that I was wrong and that this website was wrong because he was so confident, but it is what it is. All right, well, it is my question to ask Trevor. Um, Trevor, this is a – it's going to be one of those questions you either know or you don't know, all right? All right. What college football receiver has the most receiving yards in his entire career? And I'm going to give you a clue, Okay. This is between all divisions of college football. FBS, FCS, Division 2, and Division 3. What receiver leads in career receiving yards? 
Okay, career receiving yards in their college football career. I mean, you saying that it includes all divisions makes me think that it's not like FPS Division One. Um, the okay. way you hinted at that, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it absolutely is, but it kind of that's kind of where my mind went. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know the answer. Uh, career receiving yards. Uh, I'll offer one more clue, cause Ben, do you know it off the top of your head? I have an educated guess. Okay, I, I'll give a little clue. This person is in the NFL today. Never mind, my guess was way wrong. In the NFL today? Yep. Okay. Um, interesting. Okay, most receiving yards all time in their career. They're in the NFL today. Wow. I mean, obviously, you know, career receiving yards, you have to play probably all four years, right? Um... I mean, when you when you asked it, my mind went to like obviously Randy Moss is not an NFL, but my mind went to like Randy Moss, guys like that. Um, I was thinking like, uh, I yeah, I don't even care about giving Ben hints because even the the names that came to my mind are definitely wrong. So it's like not I'm not even helping him. Like Michael Crabtree had an incredible career at Texas Tech. I don't know why that came to my mind, but. He had a really great career. Sure, you know it's funny not to interrupt you, but that um, was the first name that came to mind when I, when he asked. <laughs> yeah, was it? I don't think like it's he, right again, but I, I he thought he that just was had funny. like yeah, he had an incredible, especially his like last year, like 2008 or whatever it was, 2009. Like he was in, insane. Um, yeah, I, I I just don't know the answer though. Uh, a receiver that's in the NFL now. Okay, so let me just pick someone that would have played four years, that would have been really good, and that's. Uh, really good in the NFL. Oh, well, no, no, they don't have to be really good in the NFL. Um, I don't know. There's so many receivers to pick from. I just got to pick one. Um, did Amari Cooper play all four years at Alabama? I don't know. Yeah, I I have no idea. Um, th- there's no, there's like no guess that's even like a good guess for me, Brandon. Um. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'll just go with Maury Cooper. It's definitely wrong. Um, but yeah, that's my guess. I'll just take the L on this one. Amari Cooper is incorrect. Ben, to you. Man, dude, this is a tough question. Uh, I so They're in the NFL right now. I was going to say like Jerry Rice just because you're him. I was like, I don't even went to Mississippi Valley State. I think that's FCS. Um, but cur- they're currently in the NFL. That's tough. Wait, who did Trevor guess? I already forget. Amari, Amari Cooper. Cooper. Amari Cooper. Okay. Um, I was going to get Mark Cooper anyway, but this is tough, man. So, I mean, the current NFL, again, like you got to do the thought process of they had to have probably been there for four years, at least been, you know, in, in a crucial part of the offense for two or three years, probably, man, this is, this is tough. I mean, like Jamar was only there for a couple of years. It's not going to do anything. I'm just thinking of good NFL receivers, Justin Jefferson, no, not LSU. Um, Ooh, here we go. I have a guess, and it's not an FBS school, but I'm not sure. I don't know anything about this guy's college career, and that was Cooper Cup. He went to, like, Eastern Washington. Um, I don't know much about him in college. Obviously, he's fantastic in the NFL. I might just go with that just because I think that's a decent guess to where it's your hint might apply to it. Um, other receivers, I mean, you got like Hopkins, you got Devontae Adams. I don't know where Devontae Adams went. 
Um, you know what? I'm just going to go Cooper Cup. I think that's a decent guess. Given your hint, I, I like I like that guess for myself, so I'll go Cooper Cup. Final answer? Yes. Ben. Yeah. Cooper Cup is the correct answer. Is it really? Wow. wow. Yeah. Eastern Washington FCS school, Cooper Cup, 6,464 yards in his career from 2013 to 2016. He got the answer correct. Ben, I'm very proud of you. That was a great... You did Trevor-level thinking there. You broke it down correctly. You went through the receivers. And you got tough. it right. I mean, Cooper Cup lives in my head right free because of the Super Bowl, so I'm never going to forget who he is. Yeah. Um, that's a, that was a, that was I a actually question. specifically wrote the question for you, so I'm I, happy I appreciate it. Now, 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 Trevor, now, Trevor, we both need to rip a little part of our crowns and give it to Ben because we are now tied at yeah. 14. Three-way tie. Three-way tie at 14. Well, so for our main topic today, we have a super special little segment. Uh, we brought on a wonderful guest, um, Coach Noah, Noah Barrison, who's one of my dear friends, uh, very involved in the bas- basketball scene, and Trevor and him chop it up a little bit. Uh, and we'll go to that interview right now. All right, and here is our you know little segment. We have a, a wonderful guest coming back on the podcast. I, I, Trevor, I feel, I feel like it's fair to say this is one of our favorite people to have on the podcast. I know it's one of my favorites. We've had a lot of great guests, um, but of course we have to welcome back Coach Noah. Noah, how are you today? I'm doing well, and I want to throw shade at my boy uh, Josh Baskin. I want it known that I'm a better guest than him. Ooh, <laughs> he's gonna listen to this. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna listen yeah, to this. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah, he he's yeah. gonna know that you shouted him out like that. Um, you he's guys both have a plethora of knowledge. We do. Um, he's a but- smart man. He's, a, he's a, you know, in some things, in some things he's smart. Uh, in, in his realm that he comes on the podcast for, he's very, very intelligent. But Noah, we, we bring you on to talk about basketball. You know, uh, obviously we have Trevor. He's our expert here. Um, Trevor likes to be challenged. Trevor has terrible takes. <laughs> terrible. Just awful takes. Uh, Every time I do this podcast, there's more terrible takes. And Noah, I bring you on because I want you to agree with me. Um, and hopefully you do a little bit of that today. But Trevor, I'll kind of send this off to you. Well, you know, what, what are we starting off to? Yeah, Noah? well, Brandon, I will say I really love having Noah on the podcast because Noah will actually get in depth and talk basketball with me. And you guys, <laughs> and you guys aren't always down for that, you and Ben. So that's why I really enjoy having Noah. But yeah, um, obviously we had the draft on Thursday. It was really good. A lot of you know interesting things. I think for me, the most interesting thing about this draft is the fact that there was no consensus number one pick. Like you look at you know any kind of ESPN expert, you know the Athletic Ringer, whoever. Like all kinds of different people had different people going number one. It wasn't consensus like a couple years ago when Zion he was the clear number one pick last year. Um, like Cade, he was pretty much consensus number one. Um, this year was different. You know we had. A lot of different options, you know, people having different opinions. So, so Noah, I guess we could just start there. You know, what did you kind of think about, like, coming into the draft, like, the top three, top four, however you want to look at it? How did you kind of look at these top players in the draft? And did you have a preference for, like, who you thought was the best player in this class? So, so just to start, right, going off of that, you know, no consensus number one. That's definitely true. There was no consensus number one pick, but there was a consensus best player, and that's Chet Holmgren. I think that, you know, some people are going to say Chet's overrated. His body's not going to hold up. You look at what he can do on the ball, off the ball, his pick and pop, his pick and dive, his rim running, especially his defense. I think Chet Holmgren has the potential to be the best player from this class, and that's not to slander Paolo. That's not to slander Jabari Smith. That's not to slander Keegan Murray, Jay Nivey. 
because I think those guys are going to be really good. Jay Nivey might have the most star power um, based on his ability, his 6'4 frame, his long wingspan, his ability to shoot, um, play on the ball, play off the ball, which is nice. You know, he's going to be playing with Kate Cunningham, who's also, you know, he's a lead guard, but, you know, he's a 6'7 Congo guard. Jay Nivey is a 6'7 guard that can play on or off the ball. And, you know, but going, going back to Chet Holmgren, I think that Chet has the potential to be the best player in this class. On offense, he can slide as far down to the three and go all the way up to the five. And on defense, you know, he might not be able to bang with some of the, you know, bang down low with some of the bigs, the more physical bigs in the league, the Steven Adams, um, you know, the Jared Allens, who's, who Jared Allens really worked on his post game. But he can step out. He can guard the three. He can guard the four. And in today's basketball, you are the position you can guard. And if Chet's going to be, you know, a, a three-man, a four-man, you know, just score, he can shoot it, he can drive it in the open court, he's a very good playmaker, and he's going to get you two and a half, three blocks a game. I still believe that if he doesn't foul out against Arkansas in the Sweet 16, Gonzaga goes and wins that game. And it was his last three fouls were horrendous calls. But that's besides the point. I think Chet Holmgren's probably going to be the best player in this class. And, again, that's not to discount anyone else in the top five, anyone else in this draft, because this was a very, very, very deep draft outside of that, you know, that consensus top three, Paolo, Jabari, Chet. Outside of the top three, it was a very, very, very talented draft. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it was really tough for me, and I went back and forth uh, throughout the year. Ultimately, I kind of leaned toward Jabari a little bit. Uh, it was just my kind of preference, but I definitely could easily see how anyone, you know, who wants to say Chet – anyone who wants to say Paolo. I mean, it's they all have different skill sets. They all have, you know, different strengths and weaknesses that are really interesting. And, you know, with the fit, with Chet Holmgren going number two to OKC, I think that's an incredible fit. I mean, and and we were going to get into winners and losers. I think OKC's got to be one of the winners because you get Chet, you have, like, you know, your backcourt already kind of established with Shea, you got Josh Giddy, and then they made some other moves uh, a little bit later in the draft with some trades you get, uh, Jalen Williams, uh, you get Usman Jang. So I think it's really interesting what OKC's doing. Um, Noah, what, what do you kind of think about like this kind of this young team that OKC's been building with all these picks that they've accumulated with Sam Presti lately? They're putting themselves, no, this is just my opinion, they're putting themselves in a position to be a big player um, next offseason. You know, they got a lot of young guys. They got a lot of length. They got, you know, Shea is a is a six six lead guard. Josh Giddy is a six seven combo guard. You know those two are kind of right there. You got Lou Dort who's undersized but he's built like a football player and a very good perimeter defender. And then you know those guys can pressure the ball. And you got seven one Chet Holmgren with a seven six wingspan back there. You got Alexej Pakusevsky who is seven foot with a very long wingspan. And then okay. on top of that, you know, like you said, Usman Jang, Jalen Williams, the other Jalen Williams from Arkansas who's six ten, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. 6'6 six, six with a 7'2 wingspan. They're young. They're getting a lot of length. Um, they're getting athletic. And they're ultimately, with all the draft picks they have, you know, they're getting to a point where, you know, not to, not to say they weren't injured, but it's to the point where the last couple of years, if someone's hurt in, in February or March, they're taking a long-term approach, shutting them down, letting them rehab fully because their young guys are winning games that they don't want to win, that they didn't want to win. And their whole mindset now is going to change. Our, it, you know, they still have a plethora of draft picks. And like I said, they're putting themselves in a position to be big players in the 2023 free agency and trade market when, you know, an unhappy superstar in a long-term deal 
could become available and they could trade all those draft picks. They could, you know, with all that length they drafted between Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, Jalen Williams from Arkansas, and Usman Jang, where, you know, one of those could, could do really well. One of them can do all right. You could see the, you know, the potential and then one of them could not do so good. And they could trade two of those. They could trade all three and a lot of draft picks for a superstar. I think Oklahoma City is putting themselves in a position to, you know, make this this rebuild not so long because that first year was supposed to be a re, was supposed to be a rebuild. You had Chris Paul mentoring an all-time point guard, an all-time lead guard mentoring mentoring Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is now you know really coming into his own these last few years at 22, 23, 24 years old. So I think I think they're big winners, and I think that they're setting themselves up to make some big time moves next summer. Yeah, I mean OKC. It's just it's just so interesting how this approach they've taken with accumulating all these picks, and we're gonna see if it's if it's gonna pay off here over the next five, eight, ten years. It's gonna be really interesting. Um, I guess like so the trades were kind of surprising. That was another thing, like uh, the trade that the Knicks made to OKC. Uh, and we can get in the Knicks. Maybe uh, you might argue they're a loser. I think they they probably are. They didn't really make a move. They didn't really get a player in this draft because um, they traded away their 11th pick, um, and then they acquired some first-round picks for next year's draft. Um, uh, so the Knicks, it's that was kind of surprising what the Knicks did. I think in addition to that, uh, I think we can go to the Kings, which the Kings are in a situation where – um, they had the fourth pick. They already have De'Aaron Fox. They already have Dave, Davion Mitchell. But it seemed like, and, I, and this is what I felt, this is what a lot of people felt, Jaden Ivey was the best prospect available them for them at number four. And they decide not to go with him because there's rumors about Jaden Ivey not wanting to go to Sacramento. I don't think he had a workout there. And so instead, they go and they get Keegan Murray, um, you know, who's a really good player. Like, don't get me wrong, he's a really good player. But probably doesn't have the same star potential that Jaden Ivey does. And now the Kings are in a situation where once again, and and we don't know this because this is the draft. We don't we don't actually we don't know how it's going to play out. But it seems like maybe they have made another mistake. I mean, you could go down the history of the Kings picks. Like I think they passed up on Steph Curry. They passed up on Clay Thompson. Like they passed up on so many guys throughout the years in the draft. They passed up on Luka Doncic um, just a few years ago. Um, so, so what about, what, what do you think about the Kings, Noah, in their situation and how they handled this year's draft? So I, I don't know what, what Ivy was saying about Sacramento, but I, I was pushing for them to take Keegan Murray. I think he is a better fit than Jaden Ivy would have been. And that's not to say that Jaden Ivy is not the better player. I think Keegan Murray is just a much better fit. You know, I, if Ivy was, you know, that six, seven size, Maybe it would have been better, but Sacramento already has De'Aaron Fox, like you said, who's six three. Davian Mitchell, who's barely six foot. Like another, you know, player like Ivy. Ivy's not someone you can move up to the three. The reason Ivy's going to work so well in Detroit is because he can come in right away and be that two mm-hmm. next to Cade's one. So I think Keegan Murray overall is a better fit. And you know, if Paulo Bancaro is the most NBA ready prospect, then Keegan Murray is one B. You know, it's one A and one B. Keegan Murray. He improved dramatically. He has a great work ethic. His demeanor, he's never too high. He's never too low. And I think going to somewhere like Sacramento, that's going to be good because not all of Sacramento's picks have been misses. They hit on Tyree Talbert. They're just idiots and traded him away. Yeah. So I think that I think Keegan Murray is going to do well in, in Sacramento because he can complement Demonis Simonis. He can play inside out. He can play a small ball five. So I think Keegan Murray going there 
is a step forward for them. I, because, you know, like I said, I think he can thrive playing off of Darren Fox, Davian Mitchell, and Demonis Sabonis. He's NBA ready. And, you know, he's ready to get to work. And, you know, he, he's, he can slide down to the three or he can go up to the five. And they needed a wing like that. And they got that in Murray. Yeah, I, I do have to say, I think the Detroit Pistons may have been the biggest winner in the entire draft. I mean, OKC, obviously, they did well. I think the Rockets, I mean, the Rockets getting Jabari Smith, like, they did really well. But the Pistons, I might argue, might have been the biggest winners because they get Jay Nivey to pair next to Cade Cunningham. I think that's a really solid backcourt. Like, Cade Cunningham, he's more of, like, the playmaker, the you could call it, like, the table setter. Um, obviously, I... I love Kate Cunningham coming in the draft last year. I still love him. Still think he's the best player in the class, despite the fact that Evan Mobley had a better season than him. Um, and then bringing in Jay Nivey, who's more of like an athletic, you know, getting downhill guard. I think that's going to be a really interesting pairing. And they also got Jalen Duran, you know, the big man out of Memphis as well, to come over to Detroit. So they got Sadiq Bay and, you know, another young player. So I kind of like what Detroit's doing. It's pretty interesting. Um, and I'm excited to see them. Like, I think Detroit, if we're talking like league pass rankings, Detroit is one of the teams that I would most want to watch, especially like in October, November, December at the beginning of the year. Uh, I think they're really interesting. Noah, are there any other teams maybe that I didn't mention that you thought like did a great job in the draft? Like you would call this team, like they won the draft. I think, a couple teams in the late lottery. I think Cleveland did well taking Ochai Abaji. Um, I know AJ Griffin slid, and you know for a little, you know, watching the draft, I thought maybe they should take him. But where Cleveland is right now and what they need, Abaji is a is a forty percent free throw shooter. He's six five. He dramatically improved over the last you know two years, and he's ready to win now. And I think for where Cleveland is, they don't need someone like Griffin who may be you know a forty five percent shooter, but he's going to need some time to develop his. Um, you know, get used to that NBA style. Physic- not physically, but more so the, you know, me- mentality of that. And I think Agbaji's ready to win now. I think Charlotte did great getting um, getting Mark Williams. I oh, I really yeah. think Mark Williams was the was a perfect, you know, get for Charlotte. They I, need a, a rim-running, lob-throwing center. And Mark Williams is coming off a defensive player of the year in the ACC, and he led the ACC in dunks. So I think they did really well. I really like um, – Dalen Terry going to the Bulls, I think, you know, I watched Dalen Terry a couple times when I watched Arizona, and there were times where I thought he was outplaying Benedict Mathurin. Um, Dalen Terry's young. He's only about 19 or 20, I believe. Um, he only did two years at Arizona, I think. Um, his his per-game average numbers weren't good, but if you look at that last month, month and a half, he did really well. Um, and I also like Christian Brown going to the Nuggets. I, I love Christian Brown's game. He's tough. Um, he can play, you know, two, three. He's a nice combo guard. He's gritty. Um, and, you know, that just fits all of Denver's role players that they have outside of Murray, Porter, and Jokic. And then I really like, uh, I forgot who took him in the second round, but Jaden Hardy slipping. Um, I think it went to Dallas. Jaden Hardy yeah. ending up in Dallas, I think he's going to be, you know, I think Dallas is going to have a steal with Jaden Hardy. He was top five before the season. And he had a very iffy and inefficient stint in the G League. But, you know, Jane Hardy's going to Dallas where he's going to be asked to score in volume, which is his game. He's going to, you know, be asked to knock down shots when Luca's in the game and, you know, attack the rim, get downhill when Luca's not in the game. And I think that's going to fit to his strengths very well. 
Yeah, I agree. I was just going to say, like, I love Mark Williams. Absolutely loved watching him at Duke. He was one of my favorite players in college basketball. And I think Charlotte getting him was just an incredible pick. I I really loved it. Um, Brandon, I, I wanted to go to you because if, if you look, you know, kind of in general at the draft, what what kind of stands out to you if we're talking, like, surprises? Like, what, what surprised you uh, about this draft, if anything? You know, I, I think the most surprising thing was we had, what, like, was it a day before when Woj tweeted, oh, it's going to be Jabari, Chet, Paolo, right? Was it a day? It seemed, yeah, it, so it, it seemed like like a lot of the betting books and stuff like that seemed like it was going to be Jabari 1, Chet 2, Paolo 3, and then we started getting some, like, betting odds coming on Paolo's, like, 24 hours before. Like, it started, there was some momentum toward Paolo, but overall, Orlando kept it pretty pretty much they kept it a season. Yeah. And that's my biggest surprise. I feel like NBA teams especially do a really poor job of keeping that in. And, like, when you have the first pick, does it matter? Like, probably not. But it's super interesting to see that we had, like, Woj, who I don't know if I've ever remembered him tweeting something and it being wrong, like, ever. And he ended up being wrong about this. Like, they really just kept it close, kept it to their chest, and Paolo was the first overall pick. Uh, shout out to Greg, of course, Noah, our good friend Greg. He he said months ago that Paul Benchero would be the first pick. Months ago. And he was so confident on it. I, I, he might have even bet on it. I don't even know. Um, but you, that was probably the biggest surprise to Well, me. at one point he was. I mean, he. I think, like, before Jabari really came on, or I, I think this might have been more December, um, it was him and Chet before Jabari started to come on. But I think there was definitely a point where Paolo was kind of the, the favorite there. Uh, but it, it went back and forth. Um, throughout. Um, so, you know, we, we hit some winners. We, we hit a couple, or at least Kings were a little bit of a loser, in my opinion. I don't know if you totally agreed with that, Noah. Um, then we had some trades um, as well, which we also kind of got into. Um, you know, I, I guess, like, another team I wanted to mention here as a winner is the Spurs, because I kind of like what the Spurs are doing here. Like, they have this young core. They got DeJounte Murray. They have Keldon Johnson. Like, they have all this young talent, and now they draft Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor, who I really loved watching at Baylor. I think he's a player who, like, yes, like, he's got to work on the shooting for sure, but defensively, what he can do, kind of defend, you know, one through four, maybe even one through five uh, for certain teams, I think that's a really good pickup for the Spurs, and that could be a team with all the, like, DeAndre Ayton rumors about him potentially leaving Phoenix— that could be a potential destination for Aiton if he does leave, um, if he potentially goes to Spurs. And if that's the case, uh, that's, that's a pretty good team, um, I, I think, over there in San Antonio. What do you think about that, Noah? I love Jeremy Sohan. The first time I saw him, I thought this kid can be in the NBA. And he's kind of um, – he's someone who I have the same opinion on him as I do with Malachi Branham. I mean, granted, um, it's a little invalid for Sohan because he went nine foot – you know, Sohan is someone who, if he stays one more year, he's in the conversation for number one pick. And, you know, kind of off topic with Malachi Branham, you know, Malachi was projected to go in the lottery, and I can't remember if he fell to the late first or early second. But Malachi Branham, who's someone, you know, he goes back to college at Ohio State, he's a he's a top five pick lock next year, just from how he improved. But, I mean, some of these teams want guys, you know, with that kind of upside, and they take them. Um, but going back to the Spurs, I like what the Spurs are doing. Um you know, it's going to be hard with, you know, seeing what's going on with DeAndre Ayton because, you know, there are those rumors and the Spurs are expected to be involved. Um, 
in those conversations, but I, you know, that's not very San Antonio like, but again, you know, so something that else that's not very San Antonio like if missing the playoffs for as long as they have when our whole lifetime, you know, was their playoff streak. But I like what they're doing. I, I like Murray. I like Johnson. I like Sohan. I think Sohan's in a great situation. San Antonio has great player development. And, you know, I think he can thrive there. Devin Vassell is really starting to do well. Lonnie Walker's still there. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. you know, San Antonio knows what they're doing. They know how to develop players and they know how to win. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's just a matter of time. I, I think they'll probably, most likely, they'll be in the playoffs next year. The West is tough, obviously. There's a lot of good teams, but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm curious as to what the odds are for San Antonio to make the playoffs. If they're good, I might I might take it. Um, they also drafted Malachi Branham. They got him 20th. So the Spurs have Malachi Branham, they have Jeremy Sohan, and they drafted Blake Wesley with the 25th pick. Um, Wesley, a player who maybe needs more time, but Branham's a guy who could step right in uh, along with Sohan, and they could contribute right away, I think. So really good situation for the Spurs. Um, you know, I was I was trying to think about, like, drive steals, Noah, and, and you might have one that you see. But to be honest with you, like, I don't I don't see a lot of steals. Like, Daylon Terry is a guy who I loved at Arizona, and if he would have been taken, like, late first round, early second, that would have been an easy go-to. I would have been like, oh, Daylon Terry was taken here, 32nd, that's a steal for whatever team. But he got taken 18th, so it's like, I, I love the pick for Chicago, but I think that's more in the range where maybe it made sense for him. But I don't know, do you, do you have any steals uh, that you would want to point out, Noah? So real quick, going back to your San Antonio thing, in my opinion, Malachi Branham is going to need as much, you know, going to need time like Blake Wesley. They both started the season a little slow and then they picked it up. Obviously, Branham had EJ Liddell, who I think EJ Liddell at 41st is a steal. Oh, yeah. um, he was projected as a mid first round pick. I think Liddell's a steal. And then I also think um, Branham's not going to be someone who can contribute right away looking at all those wings that San Antonio has. You know, they're, they're obviously have a plethora of wings and they're going to need to trade them. But, you know, that's my take on that. I think, um, I think Pat Baldwin has skill potential at number 27. He was originally a top five, top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, he had some injury problems and obviously, you know, he wasn't given the best platform at, uh, you know, Wisconsin, Milwaukee in the Horizon League. You know, obviously playing top, you know, high major or high level division one basketball for your father is a tough opportunity to pass on. Didn't have a good year, but I think, you know, with the Warriors looking what, you know, what the potential is for Jonathan Kamingo, what the potential is for Moses Moody, James Wiseman, I think Pat Baldwin um, is in a good spot there. And then I really like Andrew Nembard. He's just a true, true to the bone lead point guard, mm-hmm. you know, can facilitate, can shoot it. Um, is very, you know, his demeanor is very sturdy. Um, I really like Andrew Nembard for the Pacers. I think that's going to be a steal because he can play off the ball. He showed he can play off the ball as well when Jalen Suggs was there. And, you know, you got another combo guard in Tyrese Halliburton right there, who's kind of their cornerstone. So I like Nembhard there. And, um, like I said, I think Pat Baldwin to the Warriors has the potential to be a steal. You know, looking at what the Warriors, you know, just focusing on the Warriors, what they're doing, you know, Curry, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, and, you know, add Patrick Baldwin to that young core of Jordan Poole, Moses Moody. Um, Jonathan Kaminga and James Wiseman. So I think, you know, I, I, there's no way the Warriors dynasty is going to be dying down anytime soon, if you ask me. Yeah, and I mean, for Patrick Baldwin, like, the amazing situation for him to go into with the Warriors. Like, perfect. Like, if 
If you're going to take, I mean, a team that you could, if you're Patrick Boland, that's probably the top team you'd want to go to if you're him, at least in my opinion. I mean, that's a perfect situation. They do an amazing job with the development of different players. Obviously, we've seen the rise of Jordan Poole. Uh, we've already seen like here and there with Jonathan Kaminga. Most Moody has played some good minutes for the Warriors, so I think it's incredible situation for him. Um, so that'll be interesting. And then the Pacers, you know, you kind of mentioned with Nemhard, like the Pacers. That's another winner for me. They get Ben Matherin, pair him with you got Tyrese Halliburton. Then you draft in the second round, you get Andrew Nemhard, who to me that's just like a very solid like. I think he could definitely be like a backup point guard in the league for a while, and, and maybe even he'll exceed that. You know, maybe he could start eventually. But I, I, I really loved Andrew Nemhard at Gonzaga as well. Um, but I mean, as far as the draft, I mean, that's those are kind of the main things I wanted to cover. Um, is there anything else you wanted to point out on the dra- on the draft specifically, or any trades, Noah? I think uh, I think Jeremy Grant going to Portland is going to be big. Portland obviously yeah. retooling around around Damian Lillard, but I mean, they got some nice pieces. Shaden Sharp is a real wild card. I mean, everything I've seen about him and, and read about his private workouts is that he's the real deal. So, you know, maybe they have that going, but, you know, they're, they're you know, Portland's Portland. I mean, Damian Lillard's shown he can carry a team. He just needs more help, and Jeremy Grant has shown that he can be a, a you know, a playoff-level caliber starting wing. So I think they got that going. I think Nurkic is always good there, and Anthony Simons played well. So Portland's really just got to figure out their depth. You know, they're a small market team. They can't keep giving out egregious contracts that, you know, end up, you know, screwing them in a couple of years. You know, my apologies for that word. But, I mean, you know, they got to do what they got to do. So Yeah, for sure. I, we, you know, we need Portland, Portland back I, Yeah. I mean, we yeah. they got to be yeah. back in the playoffs. I, I, I mean, Damian Lillard's, like, probably my favorite player in the NBA. So I, I really would like to see Portland get back to the playoffs next year, and I think Jeremy Grant will certainly uh, help him out with that. Um, you know, Noah, the last time we talked to you, I think, was before the playoffs. So if, if you wanted to talk quickly, I mean, we, we obviously, we, we, Ben and I, we've been talking about, like, Steph Curry, the finals and stuff. But what did you kind of think about how, like, the playoffs concluded? Obviously, the Warriors, they get their fourth, their fourth in eight years. I mean, pretty incredible, right? I, it's... it's um... You know, the dynasty never went away. You look at those two years, you know, injuries and, and injuries, you know, it coincided with Clay Thompson being out two years and, you know, watching them, it's just, you know, they're so hard to defend. They're so hard to guard. You know, I thought Boston played them very well, but ultimately, you know, what happened to Boston was what, you know, most people thought would happen. You know, they had two back-to-back seven-game series, and while Golden State was coming off rest, you know, those – you know, they hit the wall, I think. I think Boston hit the wall. And, you know, once Seth Curry put his mark in game um, in game four, it, it was kind of over from there, you know, with that 43-point performance. And I think, you know, now that with Steph Curry, the conversation moves to, you know, an, an all-time, you know, great to, you know, he's now in the argument as, you know, the greatest point guard ever and as a top-ten player ever. Now that he's finally gotten that finals MVP, you know, the all-time three-point king, finals MVP, two-time MVP, the only unanimous MVP in NBA history. And, you know, while he did my Cavs dirty the the four years there, I think, you know, Steph Curry is a clear top ten player of all time. And, you know, if he continues to play at a high level, you know, into his late 30s, there's, you know, it's going to be very hard to to argue against him as the best point guard of all time. No disrespect to Magic Johnson um, and Chris Paul, but right now Steph Curry is just on another level. And, 
you know, the whole Warriors organization goes with him and Draymond and Clay. And, you know, this, you know, this is LeBron's generation, but my God, Steph Curry is making it very hard to not take his generation. So, yeah, I mean, and that, like that, the longevity piece, that's the thing that, like, I think we talked about that either last week or the weekend before. Like, Steph Curry's 34 right now. And, I mean, he just had, in my opinion, his best finals performance ever. Like, he's 34. How many more great years does he have left? Like, with the way he plays, the way his game, like, it's going to translate well, you know, in today's NBA. So it's going to be interesting to see how long he plays and sustains this level of greatness. Um, I, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, Brandon, I, I don't think we really got your thoughts on kind of the Warriors closing out. Um, you were out for a couple weeks. Uh, you know, you were you were under a bridge, or I, I'm not sure where you were, Brandon. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> what, what were kind of your thoughts? Because I, I haven't really heard uh, some of your thoughts on the Warriors and Steph Curry. Uh, I mean, not a surprising result. I predicted the Warriors would win in four. That was, that uh, was nuts. the Celtics took it to them. <laughs> that wasn't that, that was nuts. nuts. The, way, the Celtics took it to them a little bit more than, you know, I expected, but... I, I think, you know, Noah said it best, like, the, the dynasty was never really dead. They just went through some tough times and injuries. The, the only thing that I think was interesting is, why is Steph Curry, like, claiming that they were some underdog? I mean, they weren't an underdog, right? Like, I don't think anyone thought going into the season the Warriors weren't a team that could compete, uh, especially knowing that Clay was going to come back. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, now... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, they weren't an underdog, really. I think that's just kind of the mentality. I think that's a very common thing amongst, uh, like, sports teams. You just, like, have that mentality, at, you know, you get some motivation for it. But, yeah, they weren't really underdogs, I don't think. I I, I just think Steph is so amazing. And I, I know, like, Ben has the, the opinion, like, you know, obviously he played well, but there are a lot of other, you know, big contributions, and people are like, oh, Steph carried this entire team. And I'm one of those people. I do think he kind of carried the entire team. And there were games, you know, I'm sure, I know Wiggins played game well in some four. games. I didn't catch too in much of it. game four, he did. Yeah. Other games, I don't think so. Yeah. But, I mean, no, to me, I agree with everything Noah said. I, I, He's such an amazing player. He's the best shooter of all time. Um, and he's one of the best players of all time. And that's that just is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you guys kind of want to talk about before we kind of wrap up our little segment with Noah today? Anything else, Trevor? I'm good, unless uh, Noah wants to talk about anything else. No, last last words on the on the pod. Whatever you want to say, the floor is yours. Nah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm here to please Trevor. So Trevor, anything you got for me, just <laughs> just let me have it. Just just give it to me. Well, uh, no pleasing Trevor will happen here because I like disagreeing with Trevor. Um, but I I think we'll end this segment here. Noah, thank you so much for coming on. We can't wait to have you on again. Um, maybe when you're home, you'll you'll, you'll come over. We can we can record a pod live, which would be nice. Um, we'll do something like that. We'll figure something out. Um, we're definitely golfing when you come back. Uh, I'm pumped to see you. Um, but uh, have a good rest of your time where you are doing your thing, coaching it up. Again, thank you so much for being here. Any, any last things you want to say before we wrap it up? No, I love coming on. Love just you know talking hoops. This is my job, and you know it's you know it's never working a day in my life really. It's just all love and basketball. Never working a day love in my basketball. life, and I'm you know glad to just come and talk hoops. Lo- love we to love hear that, Noah. Again, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for being here, and we'll, we'll uh, send it back to the three of us to wrap up the pod for the day. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, we, we are going to wrap up the pod here, but Trevor, I mean, come on. Noah's, Noah's just such a fabulous guest. He's, he's just a, a, a wonderful person to have on, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I already said it once when he, was, when he was here, but like just having him on here to talk basketball, it's, 
it's incredible. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a great conversation. And as like, Ben, I think me and you can talk to like, both of us can talk about this. Just like hearing these two great basketball minds talk is just, it's so enjoyable from our perspective. It's, it's incredible. Like, so and it's enjoyable. like, it's almost like, it makes me happy for Trevor because Trevor, Trevor can't have that He's kind of conversation element. with us two. Because <laughs> yeah, Trevor will yeah. say something, he'll be like, yeah, you're right. But I mean, it, it's, it's really cool to hear to hear somebody like like Noah and Trevor who who know a lot about the NBA and follow it um, very deeply and and really know their stuff. And obviously, they have a lot of opinions about it. it it's nice and it's refreshing to hear um, from myself and hopefully from our listeners as well. Because again, I and I'm not embarrassed to say that I, I can't I can't give that kind of analysis that 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 Noah can. So it, it's definitely nice to have him on um, as, as often as we have him on. A hundred percent. Well, like I said, we are going to wrap up the episode there for today. I'm glad we ended the episode with a bang with, uh, of course, Coach Noah. Um, but real quick before we like fully wrap up here, we got Big Brother coming up soon, guys. And of course, the 5 Seconds of Fame podcast will be back to podcast about Big Brother. What are we, 24 now? 24, yeah. 24. Co- correlates with um, the age, with our age. Yes, so stay tuned. We're hoping we get a cast reveal coming up this week. We will have an episode doing our draft, going through the cast. Um, episodes will come out Thursdays at, what, uh, like 10 Eastern Standard Time, right? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Something like that, or maybe Friday mornings. I don't know. We'll see, but it'll give a recap of the Big Brother episode. So if you like Big Brother, go find that podcast, follow it. Um, five seconds of fame it'll be really great if I remember I'll link it in the description I'm probably not going to remember but if I do it'll be there um, but yeah with that being said thank you all so much for listening to today's episode uh, of course subscribe to the podcast leave a five star review if you enjoyed it follow us on twitter the link is in the description or click the, uh, or go look it up it's at the small baller but with that being said thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time go falcons